Let me make sure oh, me too. mic's on. Is it? Oh, now, now it's on. Okay. I say like a lot. Yeah. Uh, probably drive people crazy. I think also, too, you think that you're speaking sometimes, but you're actually doing this. <laughs> I'm just thinking, but I think everybody can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> like when we did karaoke that one time. <laughs> you thought you were you're singing like, with me. It doesn't work like that. You have to sing it. <laughs> you thought you were, she goes, you weren't singing the whole time. She really wasn't. She was doing this. I picked the song. Oh, I made her so do it. so good at li- lip And then I got then. up there. I don't even think I was moving my lips, but I think I thought I was. Just <laughs> you like this. Like. <laughs> I mean, I was really drunk, too, in my defense. And uh, you know what the song was? <laughs> I touched uh, myself. <laughs> and I'm up, where is she standing up there? I touched myself. And we're up there singing together. I didn't want to do karaoke and she like made me do it. And I was like, fine. And we had like been drinking, but she really had been drinking to a point where she thought she was singing with me <laughs> and she wasn't. We came off and my dad, we're in New York City where Broadway and everyone in there that was singing knew what they were doing. They were, oh, they were professional. Really good. Really good. And then we get up there and Gita's like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, hey guys, welcome back to another episode we of Between the Reps. Yeah, always. Oh. <laughs> I like every time. I'm like, what? I like to sneak sneak the button push. All right. <laughs> yeah, hey guys. Welcome to Between the Reps with Brooke and Gina. Um, we have a special guest today. Yeah. We have a guest. We told you last week we were going to have a guest on, or maybe I, I don't know if I knew. I don't know if I told you it was going to be this next episode, but Marissa Wise dialogue. Okay, and now the truth comes out. I also have (laughs) a lot of thoughts. You're just as bad, and I think I'm speaking sometimes, (laughs) and I'm not. Yeah, Marissa, thanks for coming over here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, for one, you can know that this is like super relaxed. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, except I'm sweating. I look tense. But I'm always sweating. Here, hold on. I'm going to take hot my flashes. jacket off. Those are called hot flashes. I know. Menopause. We know a doctor that can help you with that. Okay. Is your hand out? Yeah. All right, I'm good. We're good. Okay. We're going to talk about, well, first of all, okay, I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Marissa Wise. Yeah. And when, Hi, did, you get, when did you get married? Oh, really recently? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, I guess it's bad idea. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> June, I'm not bitter at all. June, not at all. June 22nd. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. Yeah, it was a terrible idea. Don't get too close. Good divorce, luck. Divorce contagious. Good luck with that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, you're married to Todd Wise, and yes. I've known Todd for a long time. I met you through Todd. Mm-hmm. And Todd works with a company that I've worked with for a long time, Brute Strength. They're a programming company. Oh, my brother-in-law is calling. Oh, no. Uh, I have to. We got to pause for just a second. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Well, sort of. If you can kind of hear something weird in the background, it's because we are on the, well, my assistant, Devin's on the phone on hold waiting to talk to Emirates. So this is a perfect time for us to talk about, we'll just talk about what's happening. And then we will also, you know, towards the end of the episode, talk about what I'd planned to talk about. And we'll have to have you come back All for right. another episode. That works. Uh, coronavirus is really dun, messing dun, dun. stuff up right now. Besides yeah. people's health, it's messing up uh, travel. People getting home to their families. Yeah. Last night, my sister and my my sister and my brother, their son, he is eleven. They're in Barcelona for a soccer camp. He went. He plays soccer, and he got picked. He like went to this camp in northern Utah and got picked. 
um, not a lot of kids got to go, but the professional team out there, they did this big soccer camp and they took all the kids out and it was a really great opportunity. Well, yesterday, um, my mom called me because at like three o'clock in the morning in Barcelona, one of the families, it's also from Utah. There's a few fam- like there's like four kids that are from Utah and they called my sister and woke her up and were like, do you know what's going on? And it's right after Trump did the whole like travel ban thing. And so basically all of them were hurry and packed all their bags at 3 a.m. and headed to the airport to like do what they can to try and get out. And my brother and sister were really struggling to like have internet to be able to even book a new flight or try and change their existing reservation. Yeah. So my sister so calls my sister calls slammed. me and she goes, can you please book us a flight? And I'm like, yes. We were at, I was at dinner. It was like 8.30 Wednesday. <laughs> it's Thursday yeah. there. Yeah. And I just started trying to book flights. And then the websites were getting like super bogged up because of the amount of people that are probably trying to book flights. Yeah. And it took until... 1.30 in the morning to where I finally got a flight booked. The When I put my credit, my card information in, it went through finally after me attempting to purchase a different flight, but it kept like, because fraud, so Chase, right, like, right. which is like yeah. really great that uh, They're trying to card companies you. do yeah. that. Yeah. Right. But I actually just looked at my statement to make sure this last purchase went through and it had all of the other purchases, mm. but it had like the declined purchase yeah, yeah. too. Right. Um, Thought we were in the clear. That's who just called was my brother. And he said that the emails that were coming through were saying that the purchase was still pending. Ugh. So I went on I my statement. You call your bank to clear it. I wonder if I could do that. But like what? When we booked our stuff for the Netherlands last year, I had to, like I was on the phone with my bank more than I was on the phone with actual like booking to like, yeah. right. identify that it was me. Yeah. Maybe I'll have Devin try that Just next. to make sure that they know that you meant to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would think that they, I would have already got a notification because they right, notified me right. immediately after. I got like the text. It's like, we declined this purchase. If you did make it, say yes. And I text back, mm. yes. Like, okay, go back to the person and have them redo the transaction. Yeah. So then I would try again. And I'd put it in and it would do the whole process again and would decline. And, and like, as you're doing it, all the rates keep going up. Yes. Yeah. Every, literally, yeah. I had a flights, I don't remember what website I was on. And I was in the process of inputting all the information. And I was just waiting for my sister to, to get a text to make sure I had like their names, exactly how it, how it appears on their passport. And then I pressed next after I input it and it like froze up and I had to start over. I was like, shit. So I started over, picked the flight. And as I picked the flight, the price had gone up $2,000. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I was like, insane. oh no. Uh, and it was like price aside, like I, I was really just trying to find a flight to get them home and something that wasn't going to take them 50 hours to travel home, especially if they got bounced around to other areas right. before getting into the States because right. they could run into more problems there. Right. I was like, I more need to get them out of this country as soon as possible. Yeah. But yeah, so so still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so it's, scary. it's nine p.m. right now there, and their flight is tomorrow morning at ten a.m. And we're hoping that we can get through. I mean, according to my statement and like me checking their itinerary on it's Expedia.es, which right now I'm trying to pull it up 
or I was, and the website is not working. It's probably just crashing with yeah. all the people checking. So <sighs> I told him, I was like, well, we're going to stay on the phone with Emirates to try and make sure that they're on the flight. Right. I pulled up, I actually went to Emirates website and I pulled up the exact flight that they're supposed to be coming home on and it's available and it's there and it's a lot more money than what I paid for the original flight. So I'm like hoping that it went through. Yeah. Hoping that it went through and then hoping that like once we get on the phone with them that they're like actually didn't go through. And yeah, but you I need, like, you need, to, you need, to, deal, you need to deal with Expedia. Yeah. And then I'll be like, I don't have time to deal with Expedia. I guess I'll just go eat. fuck myself. I guess I'll just go fuck myself then. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, family. Enjoy <laughs> Barcelona for a month. <laughs> oh my God. I know I'm supposed to go for Joey's wedding. Yeah. In like, next week. Yeah. And I, I'm freaking out. I don't know. I mean, it's saying that Mexico is not high risk. I mean, they're saying like, try to limit your travel, but I mean, anything could change. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Well, and depending Freaking on where out. you're flying out of too, because it's less about the destination because the TSA at San Jose, San Jose and San Francisco it both is San have Jose. cases. Yeah, so I, it's know. Like, I know. It's more actually like getting in and out of I'm just afraid places. I'm going to get there and then they won't let me back in. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm just vacationing in Tulum for a month. Oh my God. I thought this oh, was a spider. Oh my God. <laughs> That's my hair. That's your hair. Ew. That's a hairball. Oh my. Where did that come from? My toe? It was, it was sitting <laughs> right there and you're talking and I just like look down and I look, I see like these legs out the corner of my eye and what? I look over and I was like, wait, <laughs> where did that come from? Maybe it was stuck to your leggings, like from your yeah, hair, from the your laundry? hair creating yeah. a knot, oh, like, like the inside. Oh you know? my god, that is disgusting. Let me set it over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so gross. Oh my god. All okay. Right. And I wasn't sure if it wasn't a spider, so I didn't want to like scare you. <laughs> Touch it. So I was like, you're just trying to. Oh, that's nice of you. Oh my god, oh my god. I know. I hate it when people do that. They're like, oh my god. And you're like, there's something on you. <laughs> and you're like, well, shit, get it off. And you're just slapping yourself in the face. Like you in the sh- in the bathroom? Yes. Tell <laughs> Marissa that story. I think I told it on the podcast already. I, I got in the bathtub and I was like super relaxed and I'm laying here. <laughs> and I and uh I look over and there's a spider crawling up my shoulder. And I just jumped up and I just started slapping myself. <laughs> like <laughs> everywhere and i thought it, it had crawled up like into my hair in your weave so into my weave <laughs> and i have like extensions so i'm like hitting myself in the head like trying <laughs> you know because i think it's like trapped under there and i'm like pulling my hair out and trying to check it and i thought oh my god that would have been the best video i would just look like a, <laughs> i look like a raving lunatic i just i had welts on myself i was slapping myself hard just yeah never found the spider Never found it. Never found it. Still on the weed. I kept thinking I was going to go in to get my hair redone and they were going to pull out a tab and there's just like a dead dead (laughs) spider hanging on there. (laughs) All shriveled up. Yeah. Yeah. Just Uh, like. It would look like that. But it would look like that hairball. Exactly like that hairball. Oh my God. Oh man. (laughs) All right. yeah. Coronavirus. uh, Lots of stuff being canceled. Well, me and Marissa have West Coast Classic next week. And for a while it was like, I was kind of anticipating or we were like for them to end up canceling it or or postponing it. Or, um, I mean, before 
now I kind of thought like maybe the op- the possibility of them just not making it a spectator friendly event. Oh, right. Because that's how that some people have competing. like still handled events. Right. Because it's a qualification to go somewhere else. Right. You know I mean, it's like it's not just like its own standalone. And they said, we are not canceling. And then yeah. I thought, well, then the only reason they would end up postponing it or canceling it is if the ca- San Diego put a ban on how many people could go to an event. And they did. I woke up to a text this morning and um, one, I feel like I had been hit by a vehicle. My whole body just hurts all the time. Yeah. And I roll over and I have a text from my coach and it's like, West Coast, canceled, postponed. You want to come to Utah? (laughs) He goes, I think you should leave California and just come to Utah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, that's postponed. Hey, are there people from, uh, is the West Coast Classic open to other countries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, like okay. all the sanctionals. Okay. Are like all of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll see. I think the only one that I've heard of that's doing something a little bit different is the Italian showdown. And in the past, like before it was a sanctional, it was like a sign up show up. Okay. It was really popular, like within the Italian CrossFit community, but each event was elimination style. And so this oh, was just like a CrossFit competition right. that they would hold. Um, and so because they're sanctional, sanctional now, they've changed that format, but they have played around with the idea of like, there's rumors that they might do something remote. Like it would be a oh, workout that you could do in your online. own gym. So it would be like doubling down on the qualification process. Oh, okay. They better figure that out before they start closing down gyms. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to do it in your home gym. Minimal equipment. We've got air squats. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Seven burpees. Minutes, seven minutes of burpees. Right. Push-ups. <laughs> Just anything body weight. Yeah. <laughs> Which would really yeah. change, obviously, who they send forward. But, I mean, we don't even know what that's going to look like. I yeah. Right. Games-wise, like, for people who are, you know, looking to qualify for <clears throat> Right. Games. Well, and, I mean, I guess, you know, they've said that the ban currently in California is just, it's, to, it's through March. So right. they're saying they're postponing it but we won't really know like what the new date is. Right. And then because we as in like a country or whatever, doesn't really know like what is going to happen. Right. It could be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they've, I don't think they've actually canceled the Olympics yet, but they, like that's another big, big one because like, because it's in a quad. Does that mean it every year just gets pushed back a year or like, they just like skip this one completely. Right. Like it's just, yeah. Lots up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the NBA season has been postponed mm-hmm. Yeah. or canceled. Someone else is saying, you guys are saying what? NHL? Uh, All of March, them? March All Madness. Of them. Yeah. 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 The college basketball. Yeah. I was talking to my mom because to go to West Coast, like so before this morning, obviously, uh, my dad, my parents are in their 60s. They look great for 60. Um, but my dad, from when he was young, he's like super prone to getting pneumonia. Oh yeah. He's so, high risk. Yeah. And like mm. I, like Devin said, she's the same way, but like for me, when I get sick, it always moves to my lungs too, but I've never had pneumonia. And so I called my mom and I was like, Hey, if we, if we go, um, I think you guys should drive yeah. and don't fly. Mm. I'm like, because of dad, I'm like, I feel like it's just not worth the risk. Like would it, could he be fine? Yeah. Could both of you be fine? Yeah. But at the chance that like you're not, yeah, like why we don't it? really want to deal with that. Yeah. And I t- was telling her, I was like, you know, if this is something, cause now they're calling it a pandemic. I'm like, if it is something that like it's become this like sickness is just going to become a new normal. 
I would like to try and hide out and be really cautious, at least to catch it later on right. when we have more information about it. Yeah. Yeah. And not deal with it or like my parents deal with it like really early on where they're still trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But for the time <laughs> being, uh I'm gonna keep training. Yeah. It's time to train. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep training. High performance athletes right here. High performance here. athlete over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we've touched on the coronavirus a little bit. Um, obviously not touch on it too much because we don't really we know, don't anything know anything about, about it. it. No. All we know is like, Wash hey your guys, hands. You guys, stop buying out all the toilet paper and the face masks and the, you know, leave some for other people. I know. Yeah. They were saying that all the face masks, if you're healthy to, to not buy them out because it's leaving out the people that are sick and actually need them. Yeah. And doctors, my coach's yeah. wife is a nurse in Salt Lake oh, yeah, City and, and, she, and like, she's yeah. like, they don't have right. things that they need. Right. So then they're at like big risk when they're having cases come in, you know? Yeah. Oh boy. All right. All right. Moving on. Okay. Down to actually what I wanted to talk about. Um, I met Marissa not too long ago. I started training over at CrossFit Curry. You guys know that. And that is her gym. And she, how long have you, you started training to compete in CrossFit just a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, so you you can talk about that, but then also yeah. like your background of what you did, like with sport and things like that before. Yeah. So I think I took my first CrossFit class in 2016. Um, and I was like, oh, it's okay. Like I, everything was scaled for me. I was playing college basketball at the time. It's still scaled. So you, so you every day? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like, no scaled RX, whatever. I've gone back to scaled a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I guess I say that because when I went into the class, I was like, oh, this, like, whatever. It's just another fitness class. I'm young you know? and fit. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, I play I'm college basketball. This, this yeah. is going to be a yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm going to kill this. So it was more like a, I did it scaled because I was incredibly, like, humbled by the experience because right. I was right. just like, man, like I have never experienced anything like this. Like when they were demoing the wall balls, I was like, oh, we're like in a squat position all the time. I throw balls in the air. Like what's the problem? Yeah. I just got like completely demoralized. Um, so yeah, that was my first touch with um, CrossFit. And that was in Rochester, New York, where I'm from originally. And I was training a client that was like, oh, I, she had a free day during the week to like go just try something. And we went to a trampoline class. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, like the trampoline like where a, they do the workout. Fitness yeah. And yeah. Like the little tramps yeah. everywhere. Yeah. No, yeah. it's like the, we should go do one of those. It was like no. those sky jump, like the big tramps. Oh. Yeah. And so, so not the little mini But guys. they were running a fitness class in there. So uh -huh. like the guy who was running the class, um, owns a CrossFit gym, um, in Rochester, New York called Burt's Box. But at the time he was like, kind of like most coaches, like coaching all the kinds of classes all over the place. I'm just helping you. Oh, thanks. And, uh, yeah, the class, which was very challenging, but in between each movement, he had us running the tramps. Like you ran around the tramps and then you'd like do like med ball, like squat cleans, like, oh, you know, wow. whatever. On the trampoline? No, like this is oh, like on the floor space. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Got it. And then in between each round, you'd be like running on the <laughs> on oh, these tramps. Gosh. And he was like, oh, you know, I coached at a CrossFit gym and that's when I took my first class um, with a friend of mine. And so kind of like dabbled, moved out to California for a strength and conditioning internship at Santa Clara. Uh, so working with strength and conditioning programs for athletics. And then I met Todd during that time. 
and it's kind of like, oh, maybe I should search for like a reason to like stay out here. Um, and then I applied for same setup at Stanford. I was like, well, this is like a big time school. I can't like say no to that. So had you been doing CrossFit at, during any of this time or you had only tried it a couple of times back in New yeah, York? Yeah, I tried a couple of times in New York and then I didn't really do it when I got out here. Primarily, like, unfortunately, I would really say it was a time thing. Uh, the internships in the strength and conditioning world are unpaid and they run pretty much all day long. Oh, wow. Um, I know, you know, Brooke, you know, people and you might too, Gina, people who are in the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. space at the collegiate level, but the first team rolls up at like 5 a.m. Um, so you're in there setting up and like laying out all the folders and setting up for the first stations at like 4.30. And then you're not really out of there till like 6 or 7 p.m. Oh, because wow. you're just yeah. subject to the team's practices and their class schedule. So if you have, you know, they all program their class schedules according to practice, but the coaches, like the strength coaches just have to work around what they've got going on. So So you basically like have no life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you're not getting paid for that. And then you pretty much have to get a job (laughs) to like work at night to like stay wherever you're staying. So, and you came to Silicon Valley. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think like that was my first eye opening when I started looking for housing, like when I was in New York, I was like, why is this shared room like $500 with other people right, in it? Right. Like, I don't understand. Right. Uh, New York, obviously, like downstate in New York City is very expensive. But yeah. where I'm from, uh, Rochester, New York area, like my rent in college was like $300 for like a room in a townhouse. Oh my like, gosh, there's nothing like yeah, that here. Yeah, like the townhouse total rent was like $850, you know? So it's right. just like, yeah, I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm in for it. Like why is, you know, why is this so expensive? So I really, like being on the other side of the country had like no exposure to what the Bay Area was like. That was like, like when all. I moved yeah. here from Utah. So you yeah. both started stripping. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's still the doing way it. to make it. <laughs> still <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was doing, I like when I was out at Stanford, um, I did start doing some CrossFit at, at Sundown CrossFit, which was Todd's first affiliate. And, but again, based on time, like I would just kind of go in when I could. Mm-hmm. I also, I remember when I was out at Stanford, like doing like makeshift, like CrossFit workouts, like yeah. in between teams, like just to like, okay, I got to, I got to move around for 30 minutes. Like I got to do something. And so when those wrapped up, I started crossfitting more consistently and I was just trying to fit it in where I could. And that's when I started coaching CrossFit because the movements that they're asking you to do for coaching at strength conditioning Mm -hmm. is very similar. I mean, the intensity piece isn't there, but like the movements of like coaching, critiquing the squat and power movements, it's all the same. So for me, the biggest gap was, learning the gymnastics portions. Like Mm -hmm. I had really zero exposure to that. Like they don't really have any need to like teach baseball players how to do like kipping pull-ups and stuff like that. So so that was a newer piece for me, but I think that was coming into it was my weakest area, which I think most people, unless you come from a dancer or gymnastics background, you're going to say that, you know, that's the most challenging for you. But I think that actually is really what hooked me. When I started playing basketball, I was formerly playing soccer year round and was loving that and thought that that's what I was going to do in college. My dad got me into a tryout that I really had no business being at as far as like skill goes for soccer, for basketball, like while I was playing soccer. 
because I had an interest in it, but I I was good at soccer, and so I was just kind of like you know sticking oh, with I'm just what gonna, you're, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna stay with this. Sure. And I got whooped, like I whooped on, like we had. There's this drill they used to do. It was like short court one on one, and you'd play to three points. So if you've been in a gym that has like six hoops on the ends, like uh-huh. where it's like the main court yeah. and then the side ones, so we'd play side court like that, and you just get paired off and you play to three. And so when the ball, if the ball goes through, like if you score and it goes through and you get your own rebound, you can go the other way immediately and try to score again because you're going to try to get to three. Okay, right. And that's exactly what happened. I like 3-0. Like I just, like it was literally like I didn't even make it down and back before this girl was already going to score like the third point. Yeah. She went on to play in the WNBA. So, you know, (laughs) it happens. But... I came home from practice and I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to get good at this. And I think that was like a similar experience that I had with CrossFit. It was just this experience of like, oh man, like I don't want to be bad at this. Like, how do I get better? I really Um, envy that in people. I really do. Because I would be like, I quit. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. How old were you when you did this tryout? Uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Yeah. And the girls, it was a team of juniors and seniors. Um, my dad knew the coach of the team. Um, and he was like, oh, I just wanted to like get a taste and just like see what it's about like I wasn't even really there to actually like at the time I didn't know I was there to actually like try to make the team Mm -hmm. but um I was a goalie a goalkeeper for soccer and so um like the general like jumping athleticism hand-eye coordination was definitely there and so the coach was just kind of like oh you can play this season but like you're not I don't know that you're actually gonna like play right and so I was like, all right, like if I just get to practice with these girls, like that's going to make me so much better. Like I went to a smaller high school and so playing with these girls from all these bigger schools, um, cause AAU is just kind of like a conglomerate of people from a bunch of different places. So I stuck with that 
and I got really like fit just based on like the amount of like the, the coach was very much like a, a sprint running guy like he'd run the sprints with us and just like be yelling and he was a state <laughs> trooper he was he made us really tough but um yeah I everyone on that everyone but one player um went on to play division one basketball like by the time everyone graduated so wow yeah it That's was good coach yeah and it was like really like yeah just taught me like the value of working hard and I think I've said this to Todd before. I think one of the coolest things that I learned through that and through college basketball was like, yes, hard work always pays off, but it doesn't always pay off how you think it's going to pay off. Like I didn't end up staying at the division one school. Um, I went to Gardner Webb university, which is in the big South conference. I played in a final AAU tournament after I had signed as a walk on there. And like, that was my dream was to play division one basketball. And I tore my ACL at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. Oh, no. And so I called the coach, and I was like, you know, this is what happened. I wasn't on scholarship, so it didn't impact them too much. But he was like, well, you know, you signed to to walk on and to play. Like, you can come down and rehab it and see what happens. And so even that type of thing, it's like I, like, grinded to get to that point. And that's, like, a moment where I could have been like, oh, it wasn't – like, it, what, none of it was worth it. Like, right. and – we call that pulling a Gina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not for me. That's what that's called. <laughs> that's that's oh, yeah. But yeah, it was just like, okay, you have, you know, you have two options. You can either like dig your heels in and figure out how this is going to like work and how you're going to, you know, kind of crawl your way back or you just like call it and, you know, play, you know, play division three basketball, which is nothing wrong with, but that wasn't like the dream. That wasn't the goal. And so I stayed and rehabbed it that first year and like, man, it's probably similar kind of experience to some of the stuff that you're experiencing, like physically, like coming back, I actually had a PCL sprain during the rehab of the ACL because I was just like trying to like, how do I get back? Cause the only way you can prove that you, you know, deserve the scholarship or deserve the thing is by like getting out there and doing it, you know? Right. And so there was a lot of pressure to get back fast and at that age, like I didn't have like the, I don't know, foresight to like take my time and like not play the long game. It was just like, how do I get back, get back? It's like two ice baths a day. Like we would have, I had such bad plantar fasciitis in my feet from the track sessions in preseason that I had to wear splints on my feet because when I would wake up in the morning, it felt like my plantar fascia was just going to like rip. Like I would go into the athletic training office and they tape them up. Like you had to make certain mile times if you even wanted to like get a chance to like be on the court. Like that's just like how, how it is. And so being able to be exposed to that type of like environment is like no different than anything else in life. Like when you decide you want something, like there's always going to be something that's going to be an obstruction to you. And like, it's so much easier to, you know, pull a Gina. make <laughs> pull a Gina. It's so much easier to make the other choice. Like it is. Yeah. And, and no one's going to fault you for it to either. Yep. Like that's the big, that's the kicker. Like no one is going to tell you like, Oh, like, you know, they're not going to go the opposite way of what your opinion is. Unless they're your real homies. Then they'll tell you like, yeah. you got to figure it out, but no one's going to fault you for not pursuing it. 
you know, right. like, well, it really has to be what you want. Yeah. I mean, when it comes yeah. down to it. Right. And that's yeah. like that forged by the fire concept, right? Like you really decide what you want, you know, and that's, and that's the other side of it too. Right. Like if I didn't really want to play, that's when we would have found out. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think that takes a lot of like self-awareness though to like actually know if that's it or if you're copping out. Right. Like, I don't know how do you even like, unless you know yourself, I don't know how you know that. Well, I mean, cause then it comes into play where it's like, is it what you want? And like, what are you, are you wanting it for yourself? For, like, for the right reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or for someone else. Right. Yeah. 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 I've done the, I'm in rehab right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in second. rehab right now. <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name is Brooke. I'm an alcoholic. Man, I've. <laughs> well, I think that's what's something that's really cool about you even though you're not returning to the competitive space with the same goals that you have had in the past, I think that's one of the coolest things about your story and coming back to the space at all. Yeah. It's just like, you're coming back because you do love to compete. Mm -hmm. Like regardless of like what that means or the placing or like whatever, like you just, yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be super cool. It is, and I'm actually really happy. I have a little extra time. Yeah. <laughs> COVID-19 giving you some cushion. COVID-19, yeah. pat me on the back. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> Everything's canceled. <laughs> and you everyone's going to get sick. Time. All you your competitors are going to come down yeah. with COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. No, for me, like, uh, coming back from a, well, first of all, something like an ACL tear, right? It's super abrupt it's kind of out of your control. Um, especially when those things can happen when certain types of activity or movement is just like, that is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Like when it's like, if you're playing football, you're playing basketball, you're going to dig in, you're going to, you're going to turn hard. You're going to pivot hard. And sometimes the knee goes or something goes. And it's like, you, you wouldn't. Okay. With CrossFit, when people found out about my neck, everyone's like, oh, it's CrossFit. It's, CrossFit. Yeah. It's, it's because of CrossFit. And like my response is this. Yeah, probably. But like no one, like I, okay, CrossFit as a competition, we've talked about this. It's so much different than like doing CrossFit for a different reason where you would like do CrossFit to be healthy and fit and functionally right. fit for a long time. Right. When you just start, when you start to do something for like competition, yeah. take it really serious. In anything. Yeah, in anything. Yeah. There are things that, will come with it. Right. And you accept that. Yeah. You know, I never really would think that I'd, you know, (laughs) I think it'd be your shoulders, which it is my shoulders right Right. now. Right. But I would never have thought like a, you know, severely herniated disc that now I have a lot of nerve damage in my arms that, you know, came from that. But when that happened, it was kind of out of my control, like super abrupt, out of your control. And... I kind of, I always tell people this. I'm like, well, yeah, it probably was from CrossFit because I'm, you, you know, you take risks. That's your sport. And it's my sport. No one goes to the NFL and thinks they're going to play touch football. Yeah, Dude, Joey, my son snapped his ACL when he was in high school, like jumping off a curb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to move, you might get injured. My, my dad. <laughs> you know, tell I, people not to move. My dad pretty much, not shattered, but broke his heel really bad and all he was doing is he was coming out of a restaurant and there was just like a little stair like a few stairs uh-huh. like down from the entrance and he just like hopped down 
Right. That's what I'm saying. In so, flip-flops yeah. and just landed and broke his heel. Yeah. And what are you going to tell people to do? Just like not move? Yeah. Yeah. You just have yeah. to do your best to keep yourself you know, healthy. Uh, I think Todd has said this before, but just like when you're engaging in a competitive sport, in particular, it's not a matter of like if you're gonna get hurt. It's just like when, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Like you could do every like your dad could, you know, could have done every check the you know box on every gym session and done all his like symmetrical work and you know everything, and he still could have jumped off the step yeah. and had that happen. Right. You know, like so we just have to you know do our best and and stay on it. But yeah, you can't control those things. Yeah, it shit happens, man. Yeah. I always used to talk about that with just clients at the gym that would come in, and it's like it's not. Don't be scared of injury, like a stronger body. You might have little tweaks or things we have to deal with along the way, but a stronger body is a healthier and yeah, safer one. always going to be more resilient. For sure. And as long as you're not scared of it and we just pay attention to like in how you would recover from it and being smart and learning how to do that, then it's just you create a plan and that's it. You know, it's not something to like not try something or you know, not like want to go outside because you could get hit by a car or you right. could, you know, roll your ankle off a curb or all the things. But as far as like returning like your wire, like wanting to return to sport, right? For me, when in 2015, I went to the CrossFit Games, I did really well. Right after that, I was cast for Wonder Woman in the Justice League. 2016, I did the open. I trained everything in Europe by myself. I got a gnarly case of tendonitis in my knees. And I was telling you, like, so bad that I couldn't sit on the toilet. Like, for me to sit down, I'd have to lean into the wall with my hand and sort of walk my body down without trying to put my knees in a bent position. And that was that was because I was doing a lot of extra stuff that I wasn't normally doing for the movie. One, we were riding horses a lot in training, and I do ride horses. I, I have horses back back home, but I had never ridden that much and, like, that much volume, and it was causing a lot of, you know, using different muscles and, like, your hips and your knees and things getting tight. And then on top of that, we would be filming, like, a, a battle scene, and it's not just, like, one day. It's, like, days of running in sand and in wedges, <laughs> in oh my shoes. god so like Sounds and then wa- just like a lot of all the extra stuff on top of me trying to train every day so I you know we'd film all day so I'd have to go to the gym that they kind of built um at five o'clock in the morning try and get some training in and then we were in the makeup chair by six and then on our feet and doing stuff all day and then I would try and go back to get some work done at like 8 p.m eat dinner go to bed do it again and it was just it just wore on me and I didn't have you know, PTs or chiropractors or people that come and, you know, CrossFit athletes, yeah, you're like in a they, remote you know, area. they create a right. schedule and they create a, a recovery schedule. And I didn't have it. It was like, what can I do for myself? Um, I had dosed, all I had was ibuprofen. And as soon as I came home, it was like, you don't have ibuprofen anymore. because <laughs> I had taken too much of it. But I went to regionals. I was like, you know what? I can still, I was, you know, I was the strongest female in the field. I can still qualify. Went to regionals. I was really close to qualifying. Um, didn't qualify. One spot. Yeah. That was like the first time that it was like this check of realizing and learning um, that I had put too much. I had identified myself too much with being a CrossFit Games athlete that I personally didn't feel like I had value to people if I wasn't that. 
you know, so then I went through this whole like, like learn who I am and kind of growing phase. And then I started training to go for 2017. And I was training hard and I was training in a way that I wasn't enjoying my training, but I was getting my work done and I was strong. I mean, I was, I was stronger than I had ever been. I was fit. Um, and then bam, and I'm not going to like tell the whole story, but like ended up the day that they started the open was the day that I got my MRI read and I had a severely herniated disc in my neck. And I all of a sudden had all these people that I've been working with, like contacting family and friends being like, you cannot let her compete. You can't let her. And to me in my head, it was like not a big deal. It was like, I'll just like get a cortisone shot and I'll compete and then we'll figure it out after. You're like, no, you could be paralyzed. Yeah. So like when I went, yeah. I got in to see um, Dr. Chang at Stanford and he like was the sweetest person ever. And like in the best way possible, he basically told me, you can't do anything. We need to fix this because there's no way of knowing if the disc tries to herniate anymore. And if it does, you'll have severe permanent damage, basically yeah. Yeah. paralyzed in areas. And so luckily at that point I had kind of gone through some growing and like being able to have some, a better perspective on things. So going through that process of not being able to compete in all my life, like all my training was for that. And I wanted this comeback, you know, I was training because I wanted to prove it to all the people that had horrible things to say about me on social media, fuck social media, by the way. And, um, it was awful. And so it was like, I was training for a different reason and not like a great one. It was like, I wanted it for myself, but I wanted it to like prove it, you know, to prove it to the people that like you, it was a fluke that you ever went to the CrossFit games and blah, blah, blah. So then I, you know, my coaches told me one of my coaches, Nick Sorrell is a surgeon. He's like, as soon as you have surgery, it'll feel better because now we're on, we're on the mend and now we can maybe have a plan. So we did that. And it was, like you said, starting over. This was the first time that it was so unbelievably frustrating that not even a year before I was doing all these amazing, all these things, all these skills, moving this weight, and now I could barely do any of it in starting over. Um, I just wanted to make it to regionals. Went to regionals, uh, you know, did well on some stuff didn't do well on other things. It was very hard for me because again, the last time I had competed, I knew what level I was. And now I was at a different level and I had to really have a realization of I'm never going to be the athlete that I was. I'm going to be a different athlete. Like I'm never, that's not who I am anymore. And, but what I can do is like, now I've, I've fixed things that, are, that were problems and I get this opportunity to, you know, learn again and start over again, which on a, being a coach or being someone with like influence, it gives you, makes you so much more valuable and be able to have like a real connection and understanding with people. And so I really enjoyed that. And I worked to sort of take a spin on what I was feeling and make it a positive. Um, Fast forward from there, after regionals 2018, my shoulders were super bad. Uh, When I had surgery on my neck, I couldn't, I had a lot of atrophy in my shoulders. So like a labrum tear I have in my left shoulder um, became a bigger problem. My shoulder was popping out of place a lot and I wanted to have surgery, but the doctor said I wouldn't be back with enough time to train to try and go to regionals in 2018. And so I uh, didn't 
came out of regionals 2018. My other shoulder was like worse than my left one. And I started trying to figure out like, okay, I got to keep this going. I just, I just started over. I can't completely start over. So what can I do? Let's do stem cell injections. Try that. You know, I did that. And, um, what I've found now and like getting back, like I took all of 2019 off, I was getting to a point where like, I never, people like, oh, you're not competing anymore. And I'd say, I never said I'm not competing anymore. Like I might compete right now. I sleep with no pain for the first time in years. You know, I'm trying to just heal my body and I've been through so much. And like for, for sure, like the next step to is like, it was just out of my control that I just need to realize like what is the most important. And I want to be fit and strong for a long time. And I want to be competitive. But if I try to rush, you know, back into training, the chances of me re-injuring is so high at this point because I had been through so much I could now realize that but in like the beginning you never could have told me that I never it wouldn't have mattered and we I, we always talk about getting in in a competition and you probably understand too it's like if you're in competition you will die for points not literally <laughs> but you'll like you will you will hurt for points and before having my neck fused, I remember doing like handstand pushups and it was like, it was, it never would have ever slowed me down to ever consider like possibly like hurting my neck. But when I actually did go through a fusion and now I have a cervical fusion in my neck, I am way more hesitant and I care way more for myself. I always cared for others. Like I would, I for sure was like, when you're coaching, when you're coaching, it was like, do as I say, not as I do, you know, competition is way different than, you know, doing it to be fit and healthy. But now I am, you know, I'm, I'm going into, I agreed to do this competition and I'm going into it. And it's like, I'm not as experienced as I had in the past competing. It's different. It's like, I am, I'm doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for the people that, that need to see me try again you know and I'm doing it because I want to have a good a time and I'm going to learn I'm not doing it with any expectation I'm not doing it for any other reason um besides I just want to get back out on the floor and I just want to be fit and strong and I would love to continue to be a name that people can look and see and, and watch me perform. And even if I'm not going to the CrossFit games or I'm not winning competitions, they can say she's still fit as shit. And she was a CrossFit games athlete and, and no one can ever take that away from me. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be, have anything to do with like where I place or what I do next. And what it's about for me now is experiences, which, which is exactly why I agreed to go to Madrid. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you and want to stay connected with you. So please rate, review, and subscribe to help this podcast grow. And if you like the podcast, get the word out. And now back to the show. I agreed to do a team competition with with Marissa and the team. Yeah. And uh, it was hard for me to decide if I wanted to do it. I know. I was like, very, <laughs> like, ah, I don't want to like push her on it. I want her to decide because she wants to decide, but I'm stoked. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Awesome. 
And well, what, what's hard about like for like team comp is one, you just, you, you don't want to let your team down. No. And I competed as an individual with the same feeling and I would compete in the same way, which is a good thing because it makes me a good team athlete. But like, I never wanted to let my coaches down. Like I enjoyed when I did well. But what made me feel the best was when I could see on my coaches' faces that they were happy with, like, how I performed or how I did something. Because it's a, it's a team thing, you know? It's like me going yeah. competing and doing well. It's not just success for me of however, you know, things finish. It's, there's a whole team of people that had something to do with how you got where you are. And, wh- and whether it's the coaching they gave you uh, whether it's the you know the programming or whether it's like the conversation and to get your mind right, yeah, like it it all comes yeah. into play. Even Ernesto will text like he'll text me. I know you guys had him on, but like after a qualifier or something like like how'd it go? Like how are you feeling? You know, it's like those types of things. Like all of those, you know, I, it's like a cliche saying, but like it takes a village type thing. You right. know, like and it really does. And like all of those people are playing a part in like your goal and vision and so like when you're successful like everyone's successful and so like you have to allow that to give you like positive pressure too Mm -hmm. you know because that can be really overwhelming you know because like the face that you see when you finish isn't always going to be stoked no either you know like they're (laughs) not your coach isn't always going to be happy and so if you're mm. (laughs) yeah like if that's like the only motivator then you're you're gonna be disappointed (laughs) disappointed. (laughs) so there are ways for it to be stoked though yeah and that's what I've I've learned too is like and I've learned that from being injured yeah and competing coming back from injury because and I'm I'll be dealing with this now but I for sure like in 2018 you know it was you look at a workout we've talked about it but it's like oh here's a workout where can you win it where can you lose it and not where can you win it in like finishing in first place. Like some cases it might be that, but it's like, how can we, like what part of this workout is going to, is going to be really hard for you? And what parts is not going to be super hard? How can we create a plan for you to be as successful as possible, regardless of the outcome? Mm -hmm. And that's really what we, you know, I focus on a lot and we focus on a lot. And if I, if I stick to that plan, you know, it's a success whether no matter where you end up right uh 2018 go through that personally if like we still end up holding ourselves to a standard even though like we create a plan it's like if you still had you always like want more yeah (laughs) right like Todd I was at the gym and he did that like burpee burpee over the bar box jump wall ball thing oh yeah yeah and he's like dying, right? Yeah. And then he started, he was sitting there after and he starts laughing. And I was like, what? And he goes, it's just so funny because I'm looking at it and like in the middle of it, I was just suffering and it was so hard. And then now I'm sitting here, I'd be like, oh, I could have done 10 more rounds. <laughs> right. You hear that all the That's time. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I could have, should have been heavier. I'm like, did you win? Yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah why exactly. That? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good though. What are you doing now? With my life? Your, uh, what's your life goal? We can actually, we can what's actually. What's your long-term plan? <laughs> what do you do now? How many kids are you going to have? 
You are. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Just like all the questions that are just like, oh. Yeah, those big ones. Shit. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years, Gina? Dead. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to let you die. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. <laughs> she She's going to be begging me to pull the, pull the plug. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> not doing it. She's gonna have me taxidermied on her mount on her mantle or something. <laughs> just added in, with just the sitting art. up there with yeah. a glass of wine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. Horror film. Just in bed, in bed next to you. I can <laughs> hold your hand. hand. We hold hands when we sleep. <laughs> it's cute. No, but we can actually say this for I guess another another podcast. But you do nutrition. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I coach nutrition at the affiliate. Uh, CrossFit Curry in San Jose. And yeah, I got into, I guess I can share that, how I got into Yeah, and then, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cut it off and we'll have you back on because yeah. we can talk we'll about. save it for a whole nutrition episode. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so when I finished up my internships, I started coaching CrossFit at Todd's Affiliate in Santa Clara. And I started tracking my macros when I was there. And that's when I started training with the group that had gone to regionals on team in the past and also getting whooped on there. Like, <laughs> oh man, the first time they did Murph and I was like, what is this workout? I was the first one in on the run because I had to be, you know, yeah. like I had to, you know, really haul. We're going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm going to win <laughs> it. That's where I'm going to win it. Um, ring rows have never been so hard. Um, and I did... I positioned myself in front of a fan and did the squats unbroken also because I was like, this is the only other place and everyone was killing me on the pushups and stuff. But that was like every day, every day of my life getting just beat on by everybody. Yeah, it was good. Humbling. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And started doing like the traditional like paleo CrossFit approach thing um, to like start. I don't think it really... I don't want to say that I was eating unhealthy beforehand because I don't feel like I really cut any foods out. It was probably just like the grains type stuff that yeah. I didn't have. But I, coming off of those internships and like the stress level and like how out of whack my like system was, like I was like surviving on like four to five hours of sleep, just like grabbing a bar where you could. Like, so those types of changes did make a difference, like cutting out some of those like processed things that were just like convenient. Um, but I settled into like a pretty heavy like weight when I started mm -hmm. doing CrossFit, like after playing basketball in college. Um, like I think I, I think the heaviest I was was like one ninety five when I started CrossFit. How tall are you? Five ten. Yeah. And so depending on where that weight and how it's distributed, one ninety five was heavy for my body composition. Mm -hmm. And so started tracking my macros, and I ended up transitioning to something that was like really low carb because I was like, well, I'm trying to lose this body fat. Do I really need the carbs? And like something that was like kind of higher fat, but not really. And it was just like overall, like kind of an aggressive, like caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. I was definitely eating, but not to the extent that not to support what you were doing. In yeah. The gym. Yeah. I'd say that's true. And I also, when I first moved out here, I didn't have my car. Like I didn't think I was going to be out here for that long. So I ended up just buying a road bike. So I was like pretty active because everywhere I needed to go, I was on the bike. And mm -hmm. then, um, and then trying to train, which again, like the, that's something that's really interesting. Like I feel like as I've evolved in my training is that even though the time that I spent training, it's definitely higher now, but 
in those early times like really wasn't that different from like the start of year one to like the end of year two, like the time I was spending was pretty much the same, but Mm -hmm. the intensity because my skills and strength were increasing Mm -hmm. was like going up dramatically. And I don't know if people account for that all the time. Um, And then now having like all the skills and having like adequate strength to compete in the sport, it's like the intensity only like continues to heighten. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's something that I was pretty unaware of when I was like, quote, like setting my macros or like learning about, nutrition. Um, and I had learned about nutrition previous to that because I suffered from an eating disorder in high school. Um, it was, it was my junior year. It was kind of the worst year. Um, but my parents had noticed some like strange, like eating habits, um, like a lot of like pretty severe restriction. And it got down to a point where I was 125 pounds at this height and they completely restricted me from like all physical activity, which obviously a aspiring college athlete that was like enough for me to listen to what was being told. Like you need to follow this food plan. And, um, my parents inserted me into, um, behavioral therapy with a therapist in Rochester, New York. Her name's Michelle Preby. And man, that was like the game changer. And I think that I'll end up looping back around to that as far as like thought life and behavioral work. But the first appointment that I went to with her, I said nothing. Like my parents were just like explaining the whole thing and she would ask me questions and I was just like, you're probably pissed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. High school kid in behavioral therapy. No, you know, they're making you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. All that. And, um, it was a little more responsive to like the medical, um, appointments because it was like way more numerical. Mm -hmm. So I think like, seeing like the data on my heart and like what they were reading, like it it was way more like pungent to me of like, there's something like something is wrong. Um, whereas like my parents were like trying to like, you know, take pictures and like, are you seeing it? Do you see what we're seeing? You know, like just kind of like withering away. And I just like, didn't get it. Like I was in just such a level of like denial, which I think is why I was so like, cause I knew the behavioral therapist was going to like I think deep down I knew she I knew she knew that she was going to get me and figure it out you know and um we can be that way sometimes like when we know that someone's gonna like you know call you out yeah Yeah. for sure and so um worked through things with her and I think that was like definitely the most impactful um pieces but um yeah we can get into that um yeah we'll say we'll say yeah yeah so anyway we're we're at sundown crossfit training, trying to train, be fit and started tracking my macros. And that was my first exposure to tracking. Like there's different methods for Mm -hmm. like the rehab protocol. Um, and there's really no like exit to that. Like they just kind of like, once you're like in the clear, they just kind of like send you off. And like, and I think that's why I was so like startled when my weight started to go up. Cause I was like, Oh, like I spent a really big chunk of my life trying to not have weight on yep. me, you know, and that's certainly not the root of most eating disorders. Like there is a aesthetic and like, um, visual component to them, but they're way more psychological than they are anything else. Um, but for me with anorexia specifically, like there, there was a driver there to like be really small. And so, um, there was like a little bit of panic, I think when I started to track my macros of like, ah, like how am I going to not be like, this heavy and it wasn't even necessarily a matter of how I was looking. Cause I didn't even really see it in myself until I saw pictures like way down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely like, I felt heavier 
like it just felt like things felt more lethargic. Um, my can't coming to find out like the macros that I was at were like out of balance to like support good energy and to support good health and, and cognitive, um, behaviors. So I started to like adjust those things like the carbs and stuff and get into something that was more like balanced and I started to get really interested in like how it was impacting my training. Like I think that was really the big like lead in of like, I decided that I wanted to do this thing and it was the close of the 2017 open. So 2016 was my first open Mm -hmm. and that was like me taking class. I got my first chest bar like during the chest bar workout and just like ripped them One the whole time. CrossFit oh moments. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I ended up getting like the best score in the gym on that workout. Cause it was the burpees and lunges. So yeah. I was like, the lunges, I'm tall. They were yeah. easy, you know? And I just like sold my soul on the burpees. Cause I knew that I needed time at the pull up bar, you know? And so that paired with sucking at it more times than not paired with a glimmer of like, maybe I could actually do it, you know? Um, so I trained 2016 to 17 without any other, um, like nutritional help. Yeah. And I got, I think I was down to like 185. Um, and we did the 2017 open. I actually had torn, menis- torn meniscus for the 2017 open deep blue by doTERRA. Yeah. Miracle worker. You yeah. just slather that on knee sleeve. Go. Just don't wipe after. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't your touch your face. Yeah. 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 Or go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah none of that. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. Okay, leave your genitals alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't scratch your genitals. <laughs> With peppermint oil? Yeah. With peppermint oil. I mean, if it's oil. itching, probably go to the doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 If it burns, <laughs> yeah. ask someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after the 2017 Open, um, I reached out to Working Against Gravity, which you've worked with mm-hmm. in the past, and got a coach to help with my competitive goals for nutrition. And I think that was like, that was actually a huge um, shift for me as to like why I was doing nutrition. Like I felt probably for the first time in my life that the hundred percent reason that I was like pursuing coaching in that area was to like maximize my performance. And like, I didn't even like care about anything else. And that has its days. Like there are days where I'm just like, like, and everyone does. Everyone has days where they're like back and forth. Like they want the best of both things. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, unless you're in a sport where they're judging you by how you look like, like bodybuilding space, Mm -hmm. like there's really no reason to be concerned with the like aesthetics Mm -hmm. really. Um, Other than wanting to like look good, but not at the cost of other things right? don't you think it correlates I mean I feel like when you guys are is that what you were trying was that yeah. what you were getting at I mean yeah I don't, I don't want to take yeah. away your no no your, no you're yeah, right yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah like and they do like and it's I think what tends to get lost in the mix is just like it's like a cart before the horse like mm-hmm. people like want it to happen a certain way or within a certain time frame and things like that and it's like if you stay diligent and in both areas in your nutrition and in your training like you're gonna get to where you want it's almost to like be. physically you're better it's like a side effect yeah. yeah yeah you know of you of you eating for your performance right 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 because you're when you're doing that and you're eating appropriate to the efforts and the intensity that you're like withstanding through the course of, you know, whether that's a CrossFit class or a competitive training session, you're going to perform better in those sessions and get more 
potentially aesthetic change. Yeah, well, you're just, you're, you're becoming a fine-tuned machine. Yeah. And it does not happen overnight. Yeah. It is, it's consistency over a long period of time long. to allow your body <laughs> right. to adjust the way that it's functioning and how it uses the food you're putting in it. Yeah. And I have clients too now that are like on numbers that are like very slight in the deficit area of like 5% because they don't, and that's a very like delicate deficit. Like you really can't have like these huge like blow ups where you, you know, you miss days or, you know, whatever, but, and they're aware of that, but that allows them to not sacrifice performance or performance at work or any of these other things. But understanding that like over a long period of time that they're going to see changes in their body. Like, and that's somebody that's been accustomed to tracking macros for a while. Like that wouldn't necessarily be where somebody would start out, but like just having that understanding that there's really no reason to like shock your body. Yeah. Like there's really no reason to do that. Um, and so I think, yeah, there's a lot to be, a lot to be learned, um, for people in the area. But anyway, um, after I started with lag, um, I had already had some clients that I was like working with on just like general macros in general, like 40, 30, 30, nothing super specific, um, spreadsheets, kind of like friends on my fitness pal. So you can kind of like look at their, at their stuff. Um, and an opportunity came up for me to do the working against gravity, um, their new nutrition, cert yeah, the cert. And so I did that, uh, to kind of just broaden my knowledge for the people that I was working with. I think it was probably like five or six people like at the gym and seeing really good results. Like, and it was really, a lot of it was like behavior behaviors around food um, was kind of the first one that I was like, man, this is really like not about the numbers at all. It really isn't though. Yeah. Like once you, I mean, I interned, I've worked with a couple different nutritionists and I've, I tracked macros for years. And once you understand, like as someone, a couple things like not, and not just anyone can be someone who can play the role of a nutrition coach. Can you understand how to set macros for somebody and probably give people results? Yes. But for long-term change and, and for like being able to help a broader range of types of people, it is behavioral. And, and that just takes time. And like, that's what I think is so cool. Like when I had found out you were doing nutrition and like what you'd been doing and I wanted to talk about like, you know, what you went to school for and all these things you had all the, you have, you've been in so many areas of sport and training and personal experience with nutrition and behavioral. And from that, it's like, you're learning how to see signs and see things and hear things and read between the lines. So when you're working with clients, you need to be able, the more you can do that, the more you can help them. And it's really, it's pretty easy to start to learn and understand like how to set macros for people yeah. because the biggest thing is compliance. Any diet, a, a diet can only work if there's compliance. Yeah. If there's not that it will fail. Yeah. It might work for a little bit of time, but it will fail. If you can be someone as a coach who can help people with their behaviors, that's how you make changes long-term. And that's also how you teach people to be able to uh, be empowered and when they do learn from you and you help them make these behavior change to feel good about being able to control themselves too and not need someone so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it is, I think, yeah, the most rewarding clients that I've worked with or in their check-ins, you know, share their experiences for the week are the clients that can go to the wedding or go to the social event for the weekend and come back like really, really proud. Like that's where you win, you know, and it takes a long time to get there and it takes a lot of like error. And so I give a lot of credit to clients that are willing to like stick through it because you could easily go to that first event after starting with your coach and be like, ah, it didn't work. Like transformation starts tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Like this didn't work. Like starts on Monday. (laughs) I need a different coach or I need a different program or I need a different diet or whatever. And everybody, I mean, we're like the land of the quick fix. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not a quick fix. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it takes, it takes ordering the, the eggs and the hash browns and the sausage and the bacon and like all the fat to be like, oh man, I could have ordered egg whites and that would have been okay. You know what I mean? Like you have to like completely botch situations to learn like, all right, how would I solve this in the future? Like how do I really enjoy brunch without it like blowing out my whole like weekend, you know? Um, And so it takes a level of like, yeah, resiliency and commitment to the long-term process, which is why a lot of nutrition companies um, do opt for like minimum time um, like they set what they believe the minimum time is. I think I told you, like when I looked into precision, they do a year. So like they know that in order to instill what they want for you and for you to have a, a healthy relationship with your surroundings and your foods that they want a year, mm-hmm. like time. And so I think that's like companies like that that are setting that precedence of like, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be a year, but just as an example of like, that's what they believe Long-term, you need, you know, yeah, and the, yeah. and they and as a client going into that situation, it's like, wow, OK, they know that they're going to get me there. And this is the amount of time that it, it's going to take, you yeah. know, and a year in the context of your life is <laughs> not a long time. No. Yeah. No. So, well, we will definitely I think it'd be cool to have you back to be able to talk even just more about your experience of like with your behavioral therapist. Yeah. And what that was like for you and yeah. talk about nutrition. Yeah, for sure. More. That'd be awesome. But yeah. thank you for driving over here. Yeah. And yeah, coming in. And also thanks for, you know, dealing with um, me needing to pause for a minute to try <laughs> oh, and help try and help my family. Taking a little yeah. longer than normal. Oh, yeah. Good. All right. Well, you guys, thanks for listening to Between the Reps with Brooke and Gina and Marissa. Remember yeah. to rate, rate review, review, subscribe, five star rating, five star warning, and we'll, we'll talk, talk to you guys to you next week. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.